and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Uh, we're tuning in tonight for our first review show of the season. Uh, looking back on the first nine games of the Bundesliga season, we've been treated to uh, yeah a lot of entertaining games and goals. Uh, so yeah, we're really looking forward to getting stuck into it. Uh, before we do and, and kind of talk about the the, the structure of uh, of tonight's show and everything else. Uh, obviously, a warm welcome, uh, warm welcome back for, for Peter. We've got a bit of technical and audio issues, so we're kind of working our way around it tonight. So that's why we're a few minutes starting late, and then Mark's internet dropped out. But we're all here now. Uh, so uh, yeah, Peter, you can unmute yourself, and we'll uh, we'll zip it for us uh, for a second just to say that you can uh, well welcome yourself back into the thing. Very pleased to be here. It's great to see you guys again. And uh, <clears throat> yes, apparently we uh, we fell apart, technically speaking, much like Fulham uh, before we went on the air. And we'll get to that shortly. Excellent. Thanks very much, Peter. Yeah, so before we get going, um, yeah, smash the like on the show for the first review show of the season. Yeah, really looking forward to getting stuck into this. Uh, yeah, me particularly, so for my vested interest. Uh, coming along on whether you think our picks... Uh, so obviously returning to our featured four format uh, are in the right order. Uh, have your say on your team's performances. Do let us know if you have any questions as well. Please do smash that red button and subscribe to the channel as we, uh, again, tiptoe towards 1,000. Uh, we'll probably keep on banging on about it until we get there. So please do help us get up there and, and get to 1,000 subscribers. That would be amazing uh, to kickstart season. Um Right then, Mark. So we're going to be uh, getting stuck into the top four most entertaining games of the weekend. So uh, I'll give you the honours of getting us uh, kick-started with our, with our pick of four um, most entertaining game of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. There were so many good games this weekend, as there pretty much always are in the Bundesliga. You know, so many entertaining games, missed penalties, score penalties... You know, uh, crazy decisions as well, some controversial misses and some great goals as well in there as well. So, yeah, let, let's see where we're going to start with this week. And, yeah, I mean, it says a lot that this is the fourth best game of the weekend because it was very, very drama-filled, drama to say the least. And it was Sunday afternoon's game in sunny Berlin, over 30 degrees in Berlin, which doesn't happen that often as well. But, yeah, Union turned, turned it on, really, to start the season. You know, as we know probably one of the best home teams in the league in the Forester ride is absolutely battered minds but I mean the scoreline suggested it would have been a battering but I, I mean as the obviously those of you watch the game or watch the highlights of the game then it was a pretty crazy match after all and our man Ajorke as well I mean what happened to him I think me and Peter and you Rory as well have bigged him up a lot but he ended up missing two penalties in this match not one, but two penalties. And that man, Kevin Behrens, yeah, an aerial god, basically, scoring a hat-trick with his head. Fantastic performance from him and the Union side. I think for me, I think I mentioned on the prediction show on our watch-along that I didn't expect that Union would put too many of the new men in there. We saw Goosens on the bench and also Folland on the bench as well. But we did see Aronson start, Fafana start, so... We did see a few of the new faces as well for this Union side. But, I mean, obviously, they were 2-0 ahead inside 10 minutes in this game. Two headers, 
classic Union Berlin goals as well. But I've got to say for the first goal, some great build-up play from Aronson as well, mm -hmm. who's a, a young man from America who's, you know, come with a big name. He's one of the marquee signs really for this Union side. And I thought he was superb in the game and especially in this opening play as well. The, the goal after just less than a minute as well. So it's the earliest goal of the season so far. So, yeah, I'll come to you first, Peter. I mean, who, who shone for you in this game? I, I personally thought Union was superb and... I mean, the missed penalties, but I mean, I still thought Union deserved the win for me in this one. Uh, yes, it was an absolutely um, a, a mammoth statement from FC Union Berlin, who are our Champions League representatives. That is just four years after they were promoted. Uh, it is quite some story. They are a small club uh, in Köpenick there in the East German Quarter with a capacity stadium of just 22,012. And of course, they have been expertly built up, uh, not only by trainer Urs Fischer, but also by managing director Oliver Runat, who has uh, really made some great targeted signings. You mentioned uh, mentioned Brendan Aronson. He is the elder Aronson brother. His younger brother uh, plays for Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, the elder Aronson brother, Brendan, who I believe was with Leeds for a time, uh, is referred to yeah. as the Medford Messi. He's from Medford, New Jersey, and uh, came up through the Philadelphia Union uh, Academy there, which should be called Asta FC Union Philadelphia. That would be a much cooler name, but Americans are still getting the hang of, of naming their clubs. Um, you mentioned uh, Davidato Fofana, the Chelsea Loney, who I believe you couldn't have picked a better targeted signing. He is essentially in that lineup, in that 3-5-2 constellation to do precisely what Geraldo Becker uh, ordinarily does. And the story of Karen ba uh, Kevin Behrens is amazing. He was signed by Union two years ago. He had not played a top-tier match uh, two uh, summers ago when he was signed. Started to awaken in the Conference League in 2021-22. And then, of course, uh, became slowly worked his way up to a starting position, dispatching others, including another American, Jordan Sibachu. Uh it's a huge statement from them. I hope that uh, there's going to be many more FTA Union fans here on the pod and uh, and in the Bundesliga now because they could very easily finish top four yet again, the way that this squad has been upgraded. And credit to Frederick Renau for holding those two penalties. Uh, although I have to say my favorite penalty of Sunday did belong to your England girl, Mary Earps, if I can get a slight plug in for her. <laughs> It was the only, the only good thing, thing in that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then over to you, Rory. So what, what did you make? Obviously, we've talked a lot about Union there, but what would you say about the, um, obviously, the missed penalties? I mean, what a player, a jockey, one of our players of the second half of last season. But, I mean, to be honest, Mainz really didn't do that much in this game, apart from the two penalties and that screaming goal from Kachi, by the way. I've got to get a mention in from that. That was a beautiful volley as well after the, the header out. But what, what did you make of those penalties? What went wrong with our man there, Rory? Just liked a little bit of, um, well, belief in a sense. He kind of stepped up to them with not a great deal of authority. The first one's probably... The better struck of the two and more so in the corner. So he starts going down his right-hand side and the left of Renault and it's it's not well struck in general speaking terms and, it, and it's a good it's a good solid save but it's not a spectacular one that was needed. So obviously it, it, it wasn't his day all day long uh, as York. Uh, he obviously he had the effort against the bar and he kind of uh, just looked to the heavens as in 
this is really not happening for me or any of my teammates uh, in that sense. As you mentioned, great strike by Akachi, um really put Minds back into a game that they didn't deserve to be in, really. They, they were quite poor. Um, the fast start from Union put them to bed pretty quickly. And um, yeah, they were, they were just overrun as well, I, I felt. And they... They never really got going. We, we have spoken about their waveform, or I've maybe mentioned it more than others. Um, and it is patchy at times. Both Svensson must have gave them an absolute rocket at half time. I think they were better in the second half. Um, naturally, the, the late goal makes it obviously 4 1. It makes it maybe look slightly more uh, of a smashing. Uh, and as you say, with two missed penalties, you you know, it could well have been free-free and they could have got a very unwarranted draw out of it, really. Um, but overall, yeah, not mine to stay. Uh, I'm sure they'll come back just as strong. Onisiwo wasn't really in the game. They brought on Nelson Viper, obviously the young um, the young striker. He didn't really get much of a kick either. Um, yeah, and it just didn't work across, across the board for them. Some of their bigger players, hardcore, stack, just didn't quite get into the match as, uh, as much as they should have done. But... Um, yeah, perfect start for Union and, and the perfect picture as well has been doing the rounds on, on Twitter and everywhere else is a, a delightful snap of the, the hat-trick hero, Kevin Behrens, you know, getting his team off to the perfect start, hat-trick hero with all with his head, finishes up, gets changed and then bikes home, obviously. <laughs> uh, I mean, how, how cool is that? Uh, just love that. People just taking snaps of him casually on his bike after doing the business with the union and, and getting them off to a perfect start. So yeah, absolutely loved that. And um, yeah, really, really good and impressive start by union. Uh, and again, as Pete was alluding to, when we were doing our predictions, Mark, uh, you know, we put union further down probably because of their involvement in the champions league, but they've signed so well uh, and having the likes of Goosens and Volan to come off the bench you know, and no doubt they'll both get their opportunities to start matches, but you know, that's so that's so important. And Volan for well, both for you know, uh, Bundesliga experience and the experience by Volan to set up the fourth goal for Pantovic, uh, you know, through on goal, really good vision just to kind of pick his eyes up and know that the pass is on straight away to do it early and to make the most of the numbers and the overloads, uh, to make it obviously 4 1 in the end. Yeah, really impressive. Uh, overall performance so yeah Union uh, they're looking good um, right I'll, I'll lead us on to the third um, third match of our featured four then and as you can see below it's VFB Stuttgart 5 uh, VFL Balkan nil uh, definitely a match that had a lot of people saying it's a six pointer already you know for both teams being nearer the bottom of the table or expected to be there Um Naturally, the, well, the scoreline suggests a one-sided affair. And I think, generally speaking, it was. But, I'll, you know, I'll come to you, Mark, first um, about this one. Could have been a different story if uh, if Hoffman uh, had maybe buried his early chance where he gets in ahead of Zagadou uh, to, to possibly make it 1-0 to the away side, um, uh, you know, put and put Stuttgart under a bit more pressure. But then after that, the home side started to take control for me. 
Yeah, definitely. I thought it was it was an awful start from Stuttgart, actually. And obviously, as you mentioned, Zagadou, a man who finished last season really well, I felt. And, you know, he's probably going to... Obviously, went on to score later on in this match, but that was a really poor start from him. And Philip Hoffman knows that he should have buried that one. He should have put them 1-0 ahead inside just about a few... I think a couple of minutes that chance was inside. And, you know, if that goes in for 1-0 to the away side, it's a different game for me. And it's uh, it's not so rosy all of a sudden for... The Hernes's men and Stuttgart. Yeah, fantastic uh, scenes as well before the match with the Kanstatter curve. It's, it's a fantastic uh, stand that, you know, great TIFO as well, covering the whole stand. And they were cheering before long as well. And it was probably for me, maybe even the man of the match, it was Jong. I just thought he was superb, the signing from Freiburg. Uh, you know, he mm. makes this goal. And it's a, it's a classic Gurassi finish. I'm not quite sure what Bochum goalkeeper Riemann is doing. He absolutely flies yeah. out of his area. And he makes it quite an easy finish, to be honest, from uh, Gurassi, who, by the way, got absolutely polacked by the defender as well. <laughs> like the defender came in and literally took him off his feet and he ended up with a cut on his hand. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a classic Gurassi finish. You can't give him a chance like that. But for me, that was a bit of a mistake from Riemann, to be honest with you. He comes mm-hmm. way, way, way too far out of his net. It is a great through ball from Jong, but it's poor goalkeeping for me from the uh, excellent, normally excellent Riemann who didn't have his best game in this match. But yeah, after that, I mean, Stuttgart go on to dominate, really. Aside from one chance from uh, Masovic at the start of the second half, you know, he's a bit of a legend scoring goals from centre-half, Masovic, isn't he? But he couldn't quite get on the end of this one. But, you know, aside from that, I think probably one of the great things about this match was seeing Silas get two goals as well. That was a beautiful sight, wasn't it? I mean, a man who I think was one of the main reasons why Rory fell in love with Stuttgart as well early on. Because, I mean, what, what a player he was that year. When they came up that year from the Spider into the Bundesliga, what a player. He looked like a world beater, really. And then, obviously, he got two tragic injuries. And, you know, great. To, I mean, they were quite easy finishes, both goals. But it's still great to see him get on the score sheet. You know, the Kanstatter curve clearly appreciated that. They were really happy to see him back amongst the goals. Obviously, Zagadou getting an easy goal from a header. You know, good start to the season from him after that early mistake. You know, for me, we stuck guys all about keeping Gurassi, really. I just think he's such a good striker. Obviously, he ended up getting a second goal as well. You know, if, if they have him, even without Endo, you know, I still feel as though they can have a solid season. I just feel as though Gurassi is... Top quality. Another man that deserves credit from this from this match is Stenzel as well. Yeah. Because you know, he, he's a player that has not been particularly rated over the years, but I thought he was superb filling in for Wagner Mann as well at, at right back. It, it was a great performance overall. You know, Mio was excellent as well. And even Chris Furick seems to have a bit of a he's had a bit of a resurgence in his career as well. Obviously, there was no Mavropanos in this game too. He's expected to leave the club as well. Yes. Also, a certain Borna Souza as well, who's also very likely to leave, it seems. But to be honest, even with that team out there, you know, Jong, really, really good. Mio, really good. You know, and if Silas can get his form back from two years ago, then they've still got a half-decent team out there for me, Stuttgart. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, lots of good points in there, 100%. Uh, go to you now then, Peter. And I think one thing that really struck me was uh, the ease at which um, Stuttgart scored a few of their goals. You know, some of the finishes were, were clinical and, and clean, but the marking and, you know, the closing down from Balkan was just so off it. Uh, absolutely. Um, yes, we're there's a lot of concern for Balkan now as we... Uh, 
begin to contemplate whether or not our two dwarf clubs, Heidenheim and Darmstadt, actually have a chance of staying in the league. Um, I think you have to look at Bochum, and uh, you probably also have to look at um, uh, <coughs> Kern. Well, they played well, Kern did. Uh, Mainz, I would definitely now put into the, the relegation race. Werder also have their problems. So, yes, a uh, lot of concern about Bochum. The marking was atrocious, uh, you put it that way. I believe you pretty much covered everything that uh, a German football fan enjoyed about this match. Um, most especially uh, Wuyong Zhong, who just came in from Freiburg. Uh, Christian Jakic from Frankfurt is also being linked with the move to Stuttgart at this point, as is current Crystal Palace defender Chris Richards, formerly of FC Bayern München and TSG Hoffenheim. So there are more transfers on the way. Uh, do they really need them uh, is is a question. I mean, uh, if they can keep this team together, there are some still some outgoing links. Uh, Sven Mislintat, as you know, is trying to uh, pluck a lot of Bundesliga players. He's trying to get Hiroki Ito to uh, to Ajax after he spent $10 million on Divan Ramage from Frankfurt. Um, but uh, I actually, I was thinking about you, uh, Rory, when I was watching Zerhu uh, Grivasi's um, post-match interview, the, the Sky commentator actually effectively said, you, you're not really going to leave Germany after this, are you? And Virasi was, was quite non-committal. He gave a, he gave a simple answer, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable here, and, and then walked off. So I had concern that he might leave. There's uh, reports were emerging today that he turned down some interest from Fulham. So it's possible that he that he does want this. I mean, Ruasi and, and also uh, Mergen Berisha and Augsburg are two strikers who were on loan last season. They signed with these clubs, but they still wish to leave. Uh, they still wish to make the step up. Whether or not somebody is interested in them uh, remains to be seen. And I think that Ito is going to stay because they're going to hold uh, uh, fast to that. He also had an amazing game. I mean, Borna Sosa, who... Ito uh, <laughs> set up that. I mean, he is he is your new uh, left back, and I mean, just absolutely uh, amazing uh, what he was able to do. Stenzel as well, Furich as well, a brace for both Silas and Grivasi. It was an absolute perfect game for Stuttgart. Zagadu missed Hoffman on that early chance, but he had some great recovery tackles and scored a goal himself. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not too worried about about your boys this season. I think that they'll be just fine. There's some additional help on the way. I think that they're going to keep the players that they have. Bochum, I'm seriously concerned about now. Bremen and Mainz uh, as well. Oh, and uh, thank you for bringing up the choreo from the Kanstadt Kurve. I, I neglected to mention that the FC Union Berlin uh, choreo just prior to kickoff was, was also incredibly special. They had a, a giant key and said... Uh, what is the key to our success? It is never forgetting where we come from. Uh, so thank you very much uh, uh, for that. For them, I don't know how we got to the third match. Um, I see that Balam asked about the title race. I, I I think we skipped over the second match, didn't we? Because we've only discussed two. Yes. No accounting. No down. accounting down. Oh, oh, I see. I see. I see. Okay. We'll get to the title race when we get to one of our next matches. Yes, and we can answer that question then. Bro, yeah, absolutely. Um... Absolutely agree with both of you in terms of the points that you've made, keeping the players. Um, there, there may be some news on the Gerasi point, especially um, one, one of the big uh, transfer specialists from a German point of view, Florian Plettenberg, um, was just tweeting about half an hour ago, so I saw it before we came on, um, learning or what, whatever he, he has maybe gathered that Cyril Gerasi intends to stay at 
Stuttgart of the season. Um, you know, that that's not confirmed. It's not from the player himself, but he's a very good source and he gets a lot of things right. So, you know, and he did, by the sound of it, Reject Fulham. Um, so yeah, I mean, it would be fantastic if he did if he did stay with us for this season um, at, at the very least because we will rely on him for a lot. Mavropanos. There was news about Mavropanos possibly failing his medical today. There's a few stories about that, but it was all. It seems to have now been squashed, and basically they were said to have been false. I don't know who came up with that, but there was a few um, articles going around uh, uh, mid afternoon. I think it was. That looks to be said to be completed. Uh, as you say, there is uh, reinforcements on the way for VFB as well. Uh, it looks like they're going to sign uh, Leonidas Derigu from St. Galen. Um, that looks to be pretty much over the line. Um, friend of the show, Jasmine Barber, um, has been uh, tweeting as well about her um, thoughts and very impressed by the player. So, I mean, Jasmine's a perfectly good source for us to um, you know, rely on. So I'm looking forward to him coming into the team. Um, even at a tender age, he could really reinforce the back line. And that might not even be as a Maverick Panels replacement. I think they'll still go out and get another one, uh, centre-back, that is. Uh, but yeah, perfect start. I, I don't want to, you know, rehash exactly what you two have said. I think everyone had a really good game from a VFB point of view and, and Balkan did look really off the pace. It's exactly what we said, Mark, isn't it? If if Hoffman and Antwiatje can't reproduce what they did last season, particularly yeah. Hoffman from a goal-scoring point of view, you know, then they didn't score enough goals anyway. Uh, if, if either of those who aren't on form, like, you know, Hoffman wasting that chance early doors, then it will be tough for them, 100%. Um, but one game in, it's a poor performance, 33 to go. Um, so, yeah, just a comment from Balham as well, um, around about Stuttgart. So, yeah, uh, have been sending a few players. Can they win next week and continue to stay top of the league? Uh, Friday night football against RB Leipzig will be slightly more tough, I think. Um, if they play like that and, and get off to a good start, who knows? But, yeah, uh, it'll be a slightly different uh, contest, I, I feel, uh, and fear, Mark. So, I think... Uh, that might be a slightly uh, trickier match. Uh, and speaking of um, such games, we can move on and talk about them uh, right now for the second most impressive game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this was a classic Bundesliga game for me. This was just a superb game for the neutrals. I mean, two very, very good teams, amazing squads of footballers, you know, so many good players on show. Danny Olmo, Obviously, Opender, who had a good debut as well. Good uh, league debut, I should say. Obviously, he played last week against uh, Bayern as well. But yeah, he got on the score sheet as well. You know, there's just so much attack quality in there. David Round didn't have his best day. Henricks did have a good day. But it, it was just a superb game. But I think RB Leipzig started the better in this match as well. You know, Timo Werner turning the defence inside out, but smashing just wide. Henricks had a really nice strike as well, which was well saved by Hadadsky. That was a really sweet strike. But then it was actually Leverkusen who struck first. And it was the man that everyone's been thinking he's going to leave this season, Frimpong, who eventually got the goal. And nobody thought he'd still be playing in a Leverkusen shirt after seemingly being linked with just about every big club in Europe this uh, summer. But yeah, great to see him still at the club. It was actually a great ball through from Granit Xhaka as well. I'm looking forward to seeing in a Leverkusen shirt this year. Really nice ball through. And then it was that man, Bonnie Fass, who eventually got the assist. He did really well after initially kind of slipping a little bit, but he, he got a good ball into Frimpong, who did one of his classic runs forward and easily finished. 
pass, uh, pass Blasvich. And then, yeah, obviously a, a poor defending from David Rao on the second goal. I mean, what was he doing there? Jonathan Tarr smashing home the header. I mean, that was really poor. Not just from Ram, it was from a few of them, to be honest with you, from the Leipzig team. It was really poor defence to make it 2-0. Then, obviously, Leipzig get a corner back of themselves and Danny Olmo heads it past Hadatsky after poor defending on the Leverkusen side. But then, yeah, it was a, the second half was probably the Florian Wirtz show, really, wasn't it? I mean, he had a shot really well saved by Blasvik initially. And then, I mean, I'm not sure, was it a really beautiful finish, the, the goal from Wirtz, or was it a bit of a miss hit? I, for me, it was more the latter. It was a bit of a miss hit that was a bit lucky to kind of go between the diver Blasvik and the, the underside of the bar for 3-1. There was still time for a really nice, nicely worked free kick as well from Openda. Like he, uh, the header from Simacon headed in by Openda. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a great match. I mean, probably one of the big moments as well was the miss from Openda as well, because that was just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, because that has to be like miss of the season, basically. That one, he just, he was right in front of the net and yeah, just completely missed it. That, um, yeah. But Peter, I mean, what, what would you say? What were your thoughts on this? Do you think Leverkusen deserved the win or do you think it was a very kind of even match for this one? I, I definitely think uh, Leverkusen deserved the win. <clears throat> I do. Um, it was, of course, this was the match to circle for many, many German football fans because it had massive implications for the title race. Uh, we wanted to see, you know, we wanted to check on the status of these two contenders, both of whom have had wonderful transfer windows. You wouldn't think that Leipzig had had a wonderful transfer window considering how many players they've lost. But the fact of the matter is, is that they've they've really brought in a lot of talent and um, we haven't seen the best of this team, not by a long shot. I mean, Openda uh, showed us what he's capable of. Xavi Simmons, who we're all looking forward to watching, had something of an off day. I was surprised. Uh, Raum, I thought, was great at times and he was, uh, 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 of course, iffy at times. Uh, he did have a great uh, training camp. He really wants that German starting left back role back. And uh, and now that he has uh, Gossens to compete with uh, from FC Union, he's going to be fighting really hard for it. And of course, Henrys wants back into the national team as well. So he's fighting really hard. That's one of the reasons why he was at... Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about the Euros coming this summer for German football fans. We're very nervous. And Hansi Flick was in the stands giving this a watch. Um <clears throat> what you have with Leverkusen, I think, um, is almost the perfect transfer window. I mean, Granit Xhaka is is such an amazing signing uh, to bring into midfield. And his stability, combined with Ezekiel Palacios' creativity, probably makes them, for my money, the best double-six setup in uh, German football at the moment. Even better than Kimmich and Goretzka, who were just reunited on Friday night and had their issues. Uh, Jeremy Frimpong had an amazing game. He was involved in all three goals. Uh, he is, I don't know if he's leaving or not. I mean, the, the thing about Simon Wolfes is, is that he, he is just stacking this roster with fullbacks and wingers. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something in so many other different areas. He, he needs some more central defenders. He definitely needs another striker and uh, he needs someone to, uh, to potentially, uh, uh, back up uh, uh, his midfield tandem because if something goes wrong there, something really goes wrong. Uh, Jonas Hoffmann, whom Gladbach fans are not going to be happy to hear this. I mean, he was sort of the traitor of the summer, uh, leaving his longtime club and going to Leverkusen, perhaps to enhance his national team prospects as well. Um, works perfectly. 
uh, in this in this top three setup where you have Florian Wertz, who is the most creative player. I'm going to give Wertz the benefit of the, of the doubt on that goal. I think he I think he meant to do that. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, and uh, it's 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 almost a perfect attack. Uh, so Leverkusen could be title contenders, but the problem is, is that it's a house of cards. If one thing goes wrong, uh, if, if Wurz gets hurt again, if Daka is out, if, uh, if, you know, everything can sort of come tumbling down because the squad is not balanced. It's not particularly deep in certain areas. Um, oh, uh, and my apologies to, uh, Nigerian Victor Boniface. Um, the problem, you know, in a German football writer slash podcasters, uh, podcasters defense, uh, we had to watch a lot of Union Saint-Gerois uh, uh, matches last season, and we just basically assumed that it was Boniface, but he's Nigerian. It's actually pronounced Boniface. Yeah, my apologies. He is an incredible striker. He really is. He reminds you a lot of Randall Kolomorani. Uh, also sometimes in that his, his touch can be a little bit feral and he can, he can be slightly off on the mark, uh, as he was on that Danny Olmo, uh, uh, corner goal. He, he blew the marking on that when Leipzig pulled the goal back. But, uh, <laughs> Stefan Baumgart famously, uh, remarked that, uh, when he was commenting on the Harry Kane signing, that if he had had a hundred million, he would have bought Bonnie face. <laughs> so not quite sure if, if Baumgart's idea counts for too terribly much there, but he's he's definitely a player to watch. Um, and and Leverkusen, they have what it takes to contend for the title, provided that nothing goes wrong. Leipzig are the much deeper squad. They're the much better squad. They're the most uh, they're they're the much more evenly balanced squad. But Leverkusen certainly deserve the win on this day. Uh, and well, Leverkusen Gladbach next week should be a lot of fun as well. Uh, with Jonas Hoffman returning, and uh, and we'll see we'll see how they fare against uh, the Foles, who we'll get to in a little bit. Rory, what are your thoughts on uh, on what was the the big title race game? Did you enjoy it? I did indeed enjoy it. Yeah, um, and I'm going to start off with a little bit of a not a moan, but something again that we alluded to in the prediction show, and something that might hold by Leverkusen. Um, because I, I just still think Radetzky and Net is is a, a particular weak point for me in that team. And you say that Leverkusen have to have a lot of things go their way if to be if they're to be title contenders. And I tend to agree. Uh yeah, if they lose certain players within within the playing squad, I think they'll they'll drop off performance wise for sure. Um, you know, they're stacked at right back. Um, and, and other places they're strong, but in others I think that yeah they're slightly weaker. For the uh, for the Danny Olmo goal, uh, I I just feel it's weak goalkeeping. And again, you need you need a high level of goalkeeper to also win your matches and win your points um, at, at this level. And didn't cost them the game. Um, and there's not much he can do for well, he can't do anything for the second goal. And he would have been helpless <laughs> if if they got the equaliser when Appenda had obviously the. The great chance, but um, yeah, I, you know, if you're a Leverkusen fan and you're not happy with that, then I'm glad to be told otherwise. But I just don't think that he's a, a goalkeeper that will keep you um, performing at that sort of uh, level in regards to a title race. That's just my sixpence uh, for what it's worth. But overall, great game, you know, provided um, really amazing entertainment. I love the relationship between Frimpong and Florian Verts. You know, like being able to find each other on the pitch so often, Frimpong knew that Verts would be there. Um, again, I, I'm not convinced that Verts meant to do that. 
Um, but however, you know, again, uh, if people want to tell me he did, uh, did do it on purpose. According to the Bundesliga website, he did do it on purpose. So there you go. Maybe he did. Uh, but yeah, no, great game overall. And uh, well, we expected it from those two. And, and as Balam said in the comments, it didn't disappoint us in the slightest. Uh, so we shall move on to our final game of our featured four. Uh, and I think, you know, it's good for us to give these two teams credit uh, nice and early on this, in the season because sometimes perhaps they will blur into the background if they're in mid-table or whatever. But so the game of the weekend for me or us uh, was FCA, so FC Augsburg for Borussia Mönchengladbach for, I mean, I had to write, FCA in short, basically because it wouldn't have fit on the screen because we had so many goal scorers <laughs> to, to include. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely bonkers game. Uh, well, particularly the first half, but of course we had drama in the second half as well. Um, you know, I think I predicted 3-1 Gladbach and, and at the time when it was 3-1 during the match, I was quite pleased, but uh, lo and behold, it didn't finish that way. Uh, you know, Gladbach getting out to a really quick start, um, good header from uh, the corner from Itakura, getting his first Bundesliga goal. Um, and then the new man, whose name I think I have not been pronouncing correctly, um, the Czech Republic striker. Um, so I want to get that nailed down uh, as soon as possible. Um, I think it's... Van Cara is what we English would say, but there's pronunciation on, on both C's that I need to get right, so I'll come back to you on that uh, ASAP. But anyway, he got uh, his first of the afternoon to make it 2-0. Really quick start from Gladbach, but Augsburg were able to come back into it from a fine strike from the edge of the area. Short corner, worked by FCA and Rex Bajai, banged in a clean hit, really clean um, effort, which, you know, Gave Omlin no chance in net, making that 2 1. Uh, and then very quickly, Omlin became provider as a goal kick. They booted long upfield. Uh, and it's the old one, isn't it? Don't let the ball bounce. Don't let the ball bounce from a goal kick. And lo and behold, F the FCA defence did. Uh, and Gumu very quickly flicks the ball over the defence and, and runs onto it using his pace. Um, and it holds his own very, uh, very well and composed and, and puts it in. Uh, for 3-1 um, and then yeah you're thinking oh well yeah going at 3-1 and you can you can see out this game glad back but back came FCA um, you know some uh, well good set piece work actually you know they worked the short one for Rex Bridgeye goal they do it again and Bauer gets on the end of a, a header um, or sorry a volley at the back post and that makes it 3-2, and then we have our penalty for Sven Mitchell to bag, and it's 3-3 at half-time. And, it, I mean, but the second half still had plenty of entertainment. I'll, I'll, come to you, uh, I'll come to you on this one, Peter, to, to kind of finish off the, the commentary, basically, to, to run us through it. And, well, there was drama till the end, wasn't there? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, one felt a little bad for Ruben Vargas of Augsburg uh, because he scored an absolutely wonderful goal to restore the lead for Augsburg. And then he was um, uh, whistled down for the penalty. I, I'm personally pronouncing the name Chabancara, uh, which which may or that it's just based on the, the German announcer's pronunciation, pronunciations from the weekend. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think both uh, penalties in that in that match were actually quite soft, and the German press agreed with me. Daniel Schlager, the referee, got the worst grades of all the refs uh, over the course of the weekend. 
we Germans, as I've mentioned several times on this pod, we grade our referees. Um, we don't yell at them quite as much as the English do, uh, <laughs> but uh, we do grade them and, and take things seriously. So Daniel Schlager did did not have a particularly good match. It's difficult to referee, uh, to officiate a, a whistle match involving Augsburg. Always has been, has been since several seasons. Uh, yes. Um, what can we say about this? Well, I mean, I'm at a loss. I'll turn it over to Mark to, to provide some Augsburg analysis because I'm really not quite sure what to make of that team. I, I, I often am not. Uh, in terms of uh, Gladbach, I think that, you know, a convincing camp, uh, a new tech, well, a, a new sort of straightforward tactical system. And, uh, you know, we were alluding to this many, many times last season that so many players on Gladbach were headed for the exit doors. They've gotten players that uh, want to be there. Uh, Nathan uh, Ngumu has been restored after falling out with previous trainer Daniel Fark. Uh, the access that you have attacking-wise between uh, Ngumu Play and Frank Onorat, another uh, new acquisition, functions very well. It might have functioned better because I think Playa had a little bit of an off day. Um, the German midfield that we saw, Florian Neuhaus and Julian Weigel, also two players playing to perhaps get back on the German national team, uh, both set up both involved in setting up goals with excellent through balls. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chavan Kara, I'm uh, pretty much a believer at this point. He's been a little bit of the darling of the German footballing media all summer. Uh, people are very, very interested in him and his tattoo on his thigh that says, die with memories, not with dreams. He is a, a determined character who reminds one a little bit of a mixture of two former Czech Dortmund strikers, uh, Jan Kola and Thomas Rojicki. Uh, perhaps he falls right in the middle of the two height. He's not as tall as Kola, but uh, <laughs> he's he's definitely as as forceful in the box. So we're expecting great things from him this season. I think Gladbach could actually be off to a very good campaign, potentially even quite surprisingly. It shocks me to say this myself. Contend for Europe, and I'm very very happy to turn it over to my uh, Bavarian friend Mark to tell us what he makes of that Augsburg performance because I have some I have difficulty drawing anything coherent out of that. What do you say, Mark? Yeah, to be honest, I thought the whole match was bizarre. In truth, I just thought it was a bizarre, very entertaining but bizarre match. I mean, the start from from Augsburg was horrendous. Nothing short of that, you know, conceding a goal off a header from a corner through Itakura. That was really poor defending. Then, obviously, Finn Darman, obviously, on debut. Like, I think me and Peter had actually talked him up as a good signing, but he had an absolutely dreadful debut, in truth. And he almost gave a goal away at 1-0 as well from through, like, basically losing the ball, kicking the ball straight. I think it was Kvanchara. I'm going to call him Kvanchara, actually. So, I think that's three different pronunciations out of the three of us, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, just the whole formation was bizarre, to be honest, from Augsburg. I mean, Engels at right back I just wasn't sure about that one at all I mean we'd seen him do so well in midfield I agree that the axis of Resbahai and um, Dorsch is relatively promising but to be honest we've not seen quality from Dorsch in basically three seasons and he, for me he had another poor game as well some of the balls he was giving away at the start of the second half was just really poor from Nicholas Dorsch and it, it just doesn't seem to have worked out for him there at Augsburg and to be honest I'm a little bit surprised he's still there because you know he came in with like real promise as a German under-21s international and he's just not provided any real quality on the rare occasion he has played he's not done that well for me but I think the other problem that 
credit has got to go to Sven Mikkel. I thought he played well, you know. He's very tenacious. He's a funny kind of striker because at times you think, you know, this guy, he can't be a top Bundesliga striker. But his finishing is really, really good. And he is a bit of a menace as well when he's given the chance, you know. So he could have potential in that team. I think the other problem that Augsburg have got to sort out is Berisha. I mean, he was woeful in this game as well, to be honest. And I think he clearly wants out. But to be honest, if Augsburg want to have a good season, they need to keep him there and satisfied because he is the best player at the end of the day. He's the quality up front. And, you know, we know that when he's on form, he's a real handful for the best of Bundesliga defences. And to be honest, the other thing I want to make, point I want to make about Augsburg is that at the end of the game, Enrico Marsen almost looked like, I don't know how to say it really, like just kind of despondent, to be honest, when they conceded that late goal. I mean, bear in mind his team had come back from 3-1 to lead. Uh, yeah. 4-3 and okay the penalty was a little bit soft but to be honest both penalties were soft so you can't really complain too much on that one because uh, the Augsburg one was probably just as soft if not even softer than the Gladbach one for me mm-hmm. but I mean his reaction at the end of the game it was almost just like oh, you know like another late goal conceded he, he looks like a man to me who's I'm not going to say given up but I don't think he's got long left to be honest, I really don't. I, I feel as though the defeat at Unterhaking last week, a lot of their fans really slated him over that. And, you know, Reuter as well doesn't seem overly impressed with him at the minute. He be might still be my bet for the first manager for the firing uh, zone this season. And I think the fact that they came so close to winning a game and his reaction just looks so negative in my view, you know. And I just feel as though the end is nigh. I think if they get battered next week at Bayern Munich, I think he could even go after that game. I'll go that far. Because I just feel as though it's not that he's doing particularly badly as such. And, you know, they've got a relatively decent roster, but he just doesn't look... There's something wrong there, in my opinion, with, with Enrico Marsen. And I feel as though the end is very, very nigh for him. That's my okay. view, anyway. Well, there is a... Well, yeah, uh, uh, one last quick thing about a, a poach mass uh, post match interview involving Felix Uduokai, uh, who recently decided he changed his mind, decided to stay with Augsburg. Uh, they um, <clears throat> they asked him the German youth international about his opinion of the game, and he said it was disappointing in a good way. Uh, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of confusion rating in Augsburg at the moment. Uh, they, I mean, they're obviously they're relegation candidates every year. We say that every year. Then they're in the league for 12 years. So it's it's you can't make predictions about Augsburg at this point. We've learned that over the course of the past decade. Real, yeah. Thank you. Uh, so that's our featured four summed up. First featured four of the season all closed up, and we get a four four, a three two, a five nil, and a four one to enjoy. So. Great start to the Bundesliga. Um, what we're just going to quickly do is gloss over the best of the rest. So what I'm going to do is just basically ask Mark and Peter, uh, basically for you both of yourselves to kind of pick out one highlight of the rest of the five games. So whether it's a goal or a player performance um, or anything like that. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll throw one in as well, um, which, which is quite an obvious one. But, um, you know, Harry Kane... Uh, off to a good start with with FC Bayern uh, with a, an assist and a goal, obviously, which we saw live. Myself and Mark during the watch along, uh, probably the highlight of the match was seeing Kane basically um, getting off to a good start and, you know, bringing all the, well, the fanfare around with that. It's been lots of, um, I've seen quite a lot of 
advertisement of the Bundesliga on English Sky Sports, which is something I've not been used to seeing at all personally. So, yeah, that was a good highlight. So, Mark, what was your highlight of the rest of those games? Yeah, I think for me, it's got to be the 88th minute winner from Daniel Marlon because, I mean, the last thing that Dortmund want to be doing is drawing at home to Cone on the first day of the season. You know, after uh, they needed that win, it didn't matter how they got that win. You know, a win is a win, as they say, you know, and I, I do believe that they'll get better. But Dortmund really, really didn't play well in this game in the late kickoff. I thought Cone played well above what I expected them to and I'm already starting to regret tipping them for bottom two this season. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Dortmund got the win and Köln got nothing, you know, and I think that's huge in football. You know, if they could have produced that performance against Mainz, then they'd be champions going into this season, you know, and I think it was a big goal. I'm so happy for Marlon as well because he probably didn't have his best game, but he still managed to get the goal, which is something he wasn't doing in the first half of last season. And for me, it's arguably the biggest goal of the weekend because, you know, if Dortmund already start giving other teams a lead on them, especially Bayern, then, it, it you know, it's a long way back. But obviously, they've got the win. They're on three points. So, for me, that's, that's a big goal. Yeah. Peter, what's yours? Uh, glad you mentioned that match. Um, there were parts of it that were quite entertaining. Welcome to the Bundesliga, Mr. Fink Grefer from Köln. Never heard of him before. And props to Emre Khan for uh, uh, admitting that he played a poor match and, and needed to be subbed off. The new uh, Bayfall base skipper. Nice nice job. Owning up to the responsibility. I'll select uh, Freiburg-Hoffenheim, the emergent Baden derby uh, that we're, we're hoping is, is going to blossom in, into more of a, a fierce derby. Funny match in that uh, it was a tale of two Hungarians. Uh, Attila the Hungarian uh, <laughs> recently joined uh, and Hoffenheim scored an own goal. Roland Scheilai, um, he uh, uh, scored for Freiburg. I believe that uh, proved to be uh, the game winner. And the two, and Scheilai actually fouled his countryman Scheilai uh, on his way into the box. I thought that was rather humorous uh, to conclude the first half. Um, that was certainly an interesting match as well for, for a number of reasons. Uh, but uh, the Breisgauer, also people who a lot of people will always tip them for aggression, despite the fact that they're participating in Europe, a strong start for them. And it was uh, the one Hungarian who prevailed over the other. I don't know if there's uh, Mark, of course, has some Hungarian connections. Is, is there a difference between a Salai and a Shalai? Is is that uh, or or is it just sort of our our own English attempt to to use the Uralic alphabet to, uh, differently? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Oh, I think you're. Right. I, I I just got the echo there. Yeah, I think it's uh, Shalai and Salai. Yeah, from what I can gather. Yeah, but to be honest, what one thing that noticed from that I noticed about that one is that obviously the the. Uh, Hoffenheim defender. He was brought in under big name and he had a bit of a nightmare of a first half of that debut, to be honest. I mean, I'm sure he will get better. Often players have nightmares on debut in a new league, you know, but I think, um, yeah, he, he didn't have his best day, did he? And credit to Freiburg again, you know, obviously a team that, as you say, every year people think, oh, they're going to fall off surely this year, but it's another great away win. You know, against a Hoffenheim team who some people are tipping to go back into the top half this season. Not us. Me and Rory still had them down in the bottom half. But a lot of people, Derek Ray included, tip them for a, you know, a European push this year. So it's a good win for the Bryce Gower. This one. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so we will move on to our final segment. It's uh, something that we've um, obviously been going to be using 
Peter's expertise on uh, and something hopefully that he's got uh, prepared for us this evening and uh, apologies for our podcast viewers but Peter I'm sure will be able to voice basically uh, we're introducing a, a kiosk club so whenever Peter is obviously on the show he's going to try and bring us the well basically the German headlines from all the big tabloids uh, around um, obviously around the country seeing what basically they are thinking or saying of uh, of the weekend's uh, football so uh, hopefully Peter's got something to hand or, or just that he can read us a few headlines and we'll finish off with that. Uh, thank you gentlemen yeah we'll we'll see about this segment um, it's obviously a, a sort of a sacred thing for Germans particularly German football fans to head to the kiosk on Monday morning buy the latest edition of Kicker uh, and I myself also buy uh, um, <clears throat> the Bild tabloid, uh, as well as the Frankfurt Allgemeine Zeitung, the Süddeutsche Zeitung, and uh, my local Rheinfeld Zeitung, uh, the Baden Zeitung, all of these things, and the Berliner Tagesspiegel and everything. Well, I, I, look, I kill entire forests with paper. That's, that's just uh, <laughs> what I do. That's absolutely what I do. Um, the three biggest news sources in the Bundesrepublik uh, that no German football fan can be without are obviously Germany's preeminent footballing publication, Kicker Magazine, which I'm so pleased to visit every time I'm visiting Mark and Nuremberg and uh, will be visiting again when I come to visit Mark and Nuremberg, hopefully again very, very soon. Um, uh, there's Kicker, there's Sportbild, and there's also El Freunde, the uh, 11 friends. Uh, and Something I just wanted to mention very briefly is, is that it's a magical time of year for German football fans because we all buy these huge Sonderhefte, right? These huge, thick Sonderhefte. This is the kicker one, the Elfreunde uh, Bully Atlas one here as well. And we put together the Stecktabelle. We study all the teams. We waste hours in coffee shops arguing with one another about this and that and the other, and it's all a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> The uh, it's also 60 60 uh, Bundesliga. Very, very proud uh, for my country that uh, we're here. This is the huge sport build hardcover. Mark, I'm sorry, but this is going to be your Christmas present. It's already spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, I, I didn't buy that. I didn't go to the uh, to the Hauptbahnhof kiosk and buy a bunch of these for nothing. I highly recommend that people buy that. I wanted to save some cane headlines for you. Um, the Bayern match, as you know, uh, was was quite labored at times. You guys did the watch along. I certainly enjoyed uh, uh, watching the, the second half with you, which was far better than the first. The best Kane headlines that we've seen in the Bundesrepublik thus far have been, yes, we Kane, uh, as a reference to uh, the Obama campaign slogan. Uh, also, rock you like a Harry Kane, uh, a reference to the German punk rock legends uh, from Hanover, the Scorpions. Uh, that's actually Harry Kane's new intro music. They played it when he came on in the Super Cup, and they'll be uh, they'll be playing it at the Allianz Arena uh, all season long. Kane got a goal and he got an assist, and the way that Sportbild described it was Kane cunts. So that's the best they could do this weekend. Perhaps we'll have uh, some better ones over the course of the season. Uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, "Rock You Like a Harry Kane" is is my personal favorite. Uh, the kicker is leading up uh, with it's just basically saying a spectacular some start, you know, feed uh, goals and tours and all of this stuff. Very good interview uh, in the kicker with uh, Aki Vatska, in which they discussed the influence of Saudi money, uh, particularly on how the Premiership clubs are. They have an additional revenue stream and are now taking 
uh, uh, more Bundesliga players from Germany. This all feeds into a discussion about whether or not the Bundesliga does, needs to stick with 50 plus one. We all know that it should. Uh, so there wasn't much going on in the kicker today. There was a little pimp that I wanted to get out uh, for uh, the Elf Freunde, which is calling Xavi Alonso uh, the best trainer der Liga. Uh, so Elf Freunde and some other German footballing publications are now uh, very, very much on the Xavi Alonso bandwagon. They consider Leverkusen title contenders. I believe that our personal nuanced analysis, uh, not just about the squad death, but also Rory's point about Lukas Hadecki, and how uh, the keeper situation uh, may lead to some problems later in the season is a little bit more realistic. Common joke making the rounds in German uh, footballing circles this year is that Xabi Alonso win, will win the title with FC Bayern München after Thomas Tuchel is sacked uh, <laughs> in the middle of the season since they've already fired everyone else. Uh, Tiger Zeitung, most of the, the headlines in the Süddeutsche and uh, the FHZ and everything today were, of course, about yesterday's Women's World Cup final. Um, I This is not a women's uh, uh, football podcast, but I am a women's world uh, football reporter, and I wanted to get in a little pimp with a dig for Mark here. Männer spielen um den Mond und Frauen gewinnen der Welt. This is the, uh, the Tiger Zeitung saying that uh, men are playing uh, are shooting for the moon while women are winning, uh, winning the world. And this was a dig at that uh, Russian Luna 25 spacecraft that just crashed into the moon yesterday. So I thought uh, it might be a little bit humorous to say that Germans uh, maintain their sense of humor, uh, promoting the women's game, having a swipe at the English and the Russians all at one, all at one time. Uh, that's that's just something that uh, it was that struck me as as the most German thing I saw at the kiosks today. So thank you for allowing me to present this segment. Of course, uh, as it is something that's very near and dear to a German football fan's heart, I deeply appreciate it. Thank you very much, Peter. Yeah, appreciate that, and that was lovely. Uh, I'm sure lots of people will be big fans of this segment as the season continues. And that's a very nice way to finish off for, uh, for this evening. Uh, it's been great to look back at the really entertaining start to the Bundesliga. We're finally underway. Uh, it feels great to be back. Uh, so we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be back with you on Thursday evening for uh, the Fantasy Football Show. Because of Runa's availability this week, it's on Thursday night. Uh, I think that'll pretty much be us for the week. Um, myself and Mark will be talking about when we'll be doing any prediction shows uh, we will probably do that as a regular thing, but once we get ourselves settled for the season, uh, so definitely see you on Thursday. And uh, Mark, I'll hand over to you to uh, close up tonight's show. Yeah, so as usual, if you enjoyed what you saw, check out our Twitter slash X at Over the Bar FB or at Over the Bar Extra. Also, don't forget our main site, which is otvfootball.net. So we're, we're starting to kind of up production on that as well. Again, we've got a few new writers for this season. We're covering everything from National League. You've just got literally everything on our website, really, like in, in our written stuff. You can find Women's Football, National League, Football League, Bundesliga, everything. Yeah. So don't forget to check that out as well. We are a YouTube channel, but we're also a main site as well. And yeah, um, also don't forget to check out Peter's Bully News as well. Peter and Runa, obviously key players in Bully News, which is 
for me, the best side to get Bundesliga, pure Bundesliga news, really. I do believe that. Obviously, we are the best YouTube channel, but they're the best website <laughs> as such, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got to say that. Yeah, and obviously, we've enjoyed doing partnership with them over the last couple of years as well, which is always great. And then, yeah, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. We, we have made a brilliant start to the season as well. We've already got around about 100 subs just since we started producing a couple of weeks ago. We want to get to that 1,000. You know, we're, we're so desperate for that and we're getting so so close now you know once we get to that thousand we can continue to up production for you guys and bring you more and more Bundesliga action yeah thanks to Paul as well yeah thanks for checking in as well Paul they yeah, impressed with the Union Science I think we all are pretty much but yeah thank you very much for joining us today guys first review show of the week and as uh, Rory mentioned we will have more coming for you this week as well so yeah thank you very much guys and ciao ciao bye bye from us Cheers all.